Welcome to the Restoration Church Life Podcast. This resource exists to keep you informed about the various happenings inside the life of our church and equip you to apply the gospel to all areas of life that together we might delight in the supremacy of Jesus Christ. Welcome to another Restoration Church Life Podcast. Today I'm sitting here with Nathan. We have a special guest. Nick. Nick Teku. So, hey, by the way, did yeah. they just hear the new music for the first time? Maybe. We'll see. Or was that in the last one? It hasn't been the, it's not been the last one. It may not be in this one either. So uh, stay tuned if it's not. Stay tuned. Uh, yes. Good we'll music. See. It is. Shy Lin gave us permission. He did. So maybe that's a teaser. Maybe you heard it. Maybe you didn't. I don't know. Okay. Um, but today, so this will come out uh, the week before we start the, the series in, in Judges. So uh, we're starting an exposition through Judges called Supremacy of Self. So we'll, we'll talk about that in more in a moment. But just uh, I've been asked a couple of times, why Judges, Nathan? How, how, how do we? <laughs> yeah. it's, Please, it's, why Judges? It's already dark 65 outside. 65 other books. Yeah. Yeah. So but how do we as a church, how do we as a, a group of elders begin to decide what to preach? Right. In some instances, we can preach anything, but it's all of God's word, mm-hmm. and it's all profitable for rebuking, training, correcting, right. and righteousness that we might be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Yeah. But, yeah, how do you go about it? So we're inviting Nick to jump in here at any point, and also you, Joey. But so the f- kind of four main categories I think out of when I'm prayerfully considering what to preach through. One is I'm thinking about the 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 Old Testament, New Testament. What what have we done recently? And of course, last year we did Philippians, right? So I don't want to spend too much time on one side. I'd like to make sure and try to balance it out as much as we can. So that's the first thing, Old Testament, New Testament. Second thing is the genre of the text. So don't want to always be doing epistles. Don't want to always be doing narratives, things like that. So we were in a New Testament epistle, and so it was natural for us to, I think, to go something Old Testament. And then so Judges is a narrative. Third category that I think out of prayerfully consider is where we're at in our church's history, just sort of what things are going on in the life of our church, what kinds of things might we need to address that haven't been addressed in a while, things like that, just sort of where's our, the context of our church. And then lastly, fourthly, the context of where our church is situated in Washington, D.C. in 2018, what kinds of things are going on there. That uh, So between all four of those things in combination with you know, praying, reading it on my own. So real quick, you, you, how long ago was it when you suggested to the elders – we should think about judges. You brothers take some time, pray about it, think about it. Nick, how long ago was that? Maybe September. Yeah, yeah so it's it's yeah, quite a while. Yeah. So it's not like we, we finished up Advent. We're like, what should we do? Yeah, let's figure this uh, out. But we try to think further out. And so yeah. the elders have been thinking about this for, for months at this point. Yeah, and, and another thing to, to throw in here is we also think about the things that we've already preached through. Now, it's been quite some time, and most of the people listening to this podcast have not – we're not there probably, but like we, we did 13 weeks through the through – the, um, a uh, Pentateuch. So we've got what some. Is, what is Pentateuch? Sorry, the first five books of the Bible. So, um, so that's so that's another thing we kind of think about, which yeah. is kind of context. Yeah. But. So there we are. So we we landed on the book of Judges. the The weather outside will be fitting, yeah. in terms of the grayness. Yeah, Catherine had said, Nathan, why did you have to choose Judges and choose it now in the middle of winter? Yes. So, but so context of Judges. What is the context of the book of Judges? Yeah, well, well, just to back up there, just a okay. second, Joey. You know, I think one of the things that uh, I think the elders agreed that would be good as we think as we think about context is because in our cultural moment, um, 
you know, I think we're, we're starting to see more and more people just sort of feeling the legitimacy to do what's right in their own eyes, which we'll get to that in a second as to why, what that has to do. And I mean, that, that was actually one of the main reasons why I thought doing justice was a great right. idea. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to yeah. say that again. I thought it was a great idea for yeah. us as a church to go through judges because everybody today tries to do what is good in their own eyes and there are real consequences to that. Uh, yeah. That's right. And it's interesting that it's not new. Right. I mean, this is what we're finding in our cultural moment is not some sort of, you know, some. Yeah, it's this happened thousands of years ago. Yeah. But we're kind of getting into the message of the book. But anyway, not there yet. So just the the context. So if you think about the context of the book of Judges, what's happened before, what's happened after, what's happened during. Nick, how would you answer the context of the book of Judges? So I would I would look at it. We have the Pentateuch. We have God creating the world, creating people for himself, and then they fall into sin. And then there is one big um, attempt to essentially get from there to restored fellowship in Revelation 22. So from Genesis 3 to Revelation 22. And um, there are two, pl- there, there's two ways to look at this, but ju- let me just talk about the kind of the, 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 the uh, higher level one a little bit. The, the really cool thing about Judges is that it really tells you something about what happens when a people have a message of God, but they forget it. Mm. Or mm. just outright reject it. And, yeah. or, and, or they right. reject it. So yeah. God brings a people for himself, creates a people for himself uh, through Israel, and he gives them the law. Mm-hmm. He brings them out of slavery into, into the promised land. We're into Exodus. Now we're into jo- Joshua. Now we're into Joshua. Yeah. And then everything falls apart. Yeah. Judges. Yeah. And, and then from there, we see that God is bringing up s- slowly, little by little, the profile of a savior. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we see that first with Samuel, then with, uh, David, and then later on with Jesus. Yeah. 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 yeah so there's just like you said, those first five books are the giving of the law and the bringing people out. Uh, and then they get into the land. Joshua begins. They start to come into the land. Moses has died. Joshua's the new leader. Uh, and then Judges, so that's what's happened, and then Judges picks up after Joshua dies, and we find out what happens. Yeah. And so, Nathan, you were insistent, as we thought about the book of Judges and preaching yeah. through it, that we didn't start with Judges chapter 1, yeah. verse 1. Right. Why? You wanted to go back a little yeah. bit and preach at least a couple of introductory sermons. Yeah. Well, it's exactly what Nick just said. You know, we get an appreciation for how, I mean, the story, as you'll see, is just terrible. So much of it is just terrible. But it's even more terrible because of the very thing, Nick, you just said. They forget or they reject all this, also all the many good things. If we were just to read this book in and of itself, we would think it to be a bad or a terrible tragedy. But to know all that God had done, uh, before this, that they just reject or forget or neglect. Makes it even more true. It's like uh, a double tragedy. Yeah, it's yeah, like a double, double tragedy. tragedy. Yeah, which yeah makes us, I think, do what the. So when yeah. when we when you're preaching the book, when you're reading the book, and people yeah. feel, ugh. Oh right. Is that is that good? That's what you're supposed to feel. Yeah, it took. Yeah. Yeah, that? I think I think I think we need to look at this, and very at a very basic emotional visceral level understand what where sin takes us. Mm. When we live our lives day right. to day, we tend to think that we're shielded away from sin, that, you know, things are not that bad, that things cannot get that bad. Mm-hmm. We have a way to discount our own circumstances and think about how our lives are going to be better or they should be better. They could be better. Mm-hmm. 
the reality is if you forget mm-hmm. and or rebel mm-hmm. against God, things are going to get worse, yeah. not better. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. That's exactly right. And that's, that's driving into the message of yeah. this book. But the, the, the language I use, you'll hear me mention this probably in the introduction to the sermon, is is cautionary tales. Did you have cautionary tales growing up? Oh, of course. I think almost all kind of fables or more moral tales are, yeah. are cautionary in a way, right? Uh, I was thinking, I read of one of a German cautionary tale, which is not too far from where you grew up. Your wife grew up there. Yeah. But it was, it was like from 1878, and it like sold a hunt, like it was like went into a hundred different editions. Even is the fable or a, or a cautionary tale of a, of this guy that if you sucked your thumb, he would appear and literally cut off your thumbs and they wouldn't, the thumbs wouldn't grow back. <laughs> so like it's a story that people got taught. Uh, the one that I use a lot is, is the boy that cried wolf, right? There's, absolutely, you know, kid gets, right. he gets eaten by a wolf because he lied. So don't lie and tell the truth. And that's what judges is trying to do. What you just said. It's like, I love what you just said there, Nick. It's, it's helping us understand sin at a visceral level because you will feel viscerally as we walk through this book. So, I mean, because of that, I would really encourage people, uh, when they go through this book to, to think that there's basically nothing there that they should be taking as example. You know, many times when, when <laughs> yeah. we look at scriptures, yes. yeah, we're like, right. okay, who's the hero here? Who did the right thing? Yeah, yeah. And by and large, there only is one hero and that's God. Right. And, do not ever, ever try to copy anything that those people did. That's Even right. the guys who are described as heroes of the faith in Hebrews chapter 11, mm-hmm. because I think they're described as heroes of the faith to, to tell us that they had faith and they obeyed God, but they were very, very broken people. And even in the best of the things that they did, they actually sinned many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. these are so, people. So if someone's listening to this, they've not read the book of Judges before. Mm-hmm. And how would you encapsulate just the overview of judges in a sentence or two? What, what's happening in that book? Well, if, if you're familiar with, you know, uh, ancient Hebrew literature, <laughs> which nobody is except those of us that read the Bible, um, you'll know that Hebrew literature oftentimes will kind of have the moral of the story right there at the very end. Uh, and so you see that in the book of Judges. So, Joey, to answer your question, I think if you were to go right to the very end of the book, the last sentence, you get the point of the book, what it's trying to tell you. Judges twenty one twenty five, the last sentence of the book, in those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Boom, the end. And that's it. That's the end of the book. It's the end. Of, I like to think of it as a chapter, end of the chapter in the book. And, of course, it talks about in those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Just before that, you have this interplay about how Israel, in essence, here's the point, Israel is worse than the Canaanites. Mm. Which goes back to the whole Deuteronomy, I'm going to save you not because of your faithfulness, but in spite of your rebellion. Yeah. And the call to drive out the Canaanites, because if you don't, you're going to be just like them. And God was right. And right. the neat thing is, if we kind of think about the context of the book, this is so much fun. Uh, these books are interwoven. When we op- when we turn the page from Judges 21, 25. What's there? What book is next? Is Ruth. And what's uh, the story of Ruth? It's the story of the, what, the grandfather of King David. That's right. Bir- the birth of the grandfather yeah. of King David. And his great grandma, Ruth. And of course, right after Ruth comes Samuel, which is the installation of kings, which gives rise. Much of that story is the story of David, who's Israel's greatest king. And of course, who's David pointing towards? Nick? Jesus. Amen. Yeah. So much fun. 
Ugh. So main message of judges is fill in the blank. What is it? Yeah, idolatry leads to destruction. Idolatry leads to there destruction. Idolatry leads to destruction. That's tighter than mine. <laughs> yeah, I wrote it in the card. Uh, you know that uh, uh, this is what happens if you do what is right in your own eyes. Yeah, supremacy of self. You reject God. Sorry, if you reject God and do it. That's yeah. right. Yeah, supremacy of self. When we are the authority, yeah. what happens when you reject God and do what's in your own eyes? Destruction. Yeah. As I often tell my daughters, disobedience leads to destruction. Mm -hmm. And in the book of Judges, uh, one of the other things about, about Hebrew literature is this this idea of parallelism or repetition. Mm -hmm. And that's what you have in Judges, all these cycles mm -hmm. of... And it's actually a spiral downwards. That's right. Yeah. Because it, it goes from we are have conquered the land mm -hmm. to we haven't actually managed to conquer the land to the extent that we should have mm -hmm. uh, to the point that we are actually starting to be slaves to the people that were there before mm -hmm. to the point where like we're actually having a civil war and almost destroying one of our tribes that's right that's right mm. so it's 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 a, that's how it's it a is. spiral downward yeah, yeah. yeah so that's a good point so it's not just a cycle it's actually a downward yeah. spiral. spiral so just think about that when we do the first sermon which will be the third week of the series that's uh, the judges high point <laughs> that's the high point <laughs> that's exactly right <laughs> Yeah. So uh, okay. So so that, yeah. that's the that's the message. So why is this relevant? I mean, we've kind of talked a little bit, a little bit, but but why why this book? Why now? Yeah, we might and, be scaring people. They're like, why are we doing this again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, first off, so why are we doing this? Let me let me say this. And Nick, I'll let you answer that question. Why are we doing this? Kind of make this more relevant for us. But first off, I do think this. Nick, you kind of got after this a minute ago, but I just want to emphasize this once more. So many people don't understand how the Bible works. And most people think the Bible is just like other so-called holy books. It's just filled of kind of good sayings and moralistic things to do to kind of earn your way to God. But that's not how the Bible works. The Bible intentionally puts stories of jacked up stuff so as to show us our need for a Savior and what we're like apart from his grace. It's in there to show us our need. And so Judges is meant, I think it took me two or three times of reading it to figure that out. Because I think that maybe the first time I read it, even though I was aware of that fact, I was kind of like doing exactly what Nick, what you said. I was, all right, who's the hero here? You know? And of course, in all these stories, I'm like, well, gosh, if, if Gideon's the hero, man, he was not exactly the greatest hero, right? Or Samson. I remember growing up hearing about how great yeah, Samson yeah. was. Samson's messed up, man. <laughs> So you're yeah, just, you're just jealous because he has more hair than you. He does have a lot, <laughs> and he could just have it cut off and it grows right back, you know? But, uh, yeah, so to understand that, I think, is important. So when you ask why doing this, I think it's important that we understand God puts things in the Bible to show us destruction so as to have us reach for his grace. So we would understand our need for his grace, that we would reach for him. Yeah, and so in some ways, even, even a book like Judges reminds us what the Bible is all about. Yeah. And so we can take it and preach it in a way that's relevant because it's going to get us to Jesus, yeah. who is the one who's going to bring about yeah. all that we want and need. Yeah. yeah. So other thoughts on terms of relevance for us? I, I do have a, a couple of thoughts. So I hear often and of, I mean very often, and I, I myself have lived through this, and I feel X, so I need to do Y. Mm. I feel 
this career is the right thing to do. I feel this woman is the right person to marry. I feel this is the, the right thing to do. And um, we are, a, as people, driven by our emotions, by our wants, by our feelings. Um, but when those feelings and those emotions are not anchored in the Word of God, mm-hmm. they lead to destruction. That's right. And that's what we see over here. We mm-hmm. see uh, uh, people who do not know what the truth is anymore. Mm-hmm. Hint, hint, postmodernism. Mm-hmm. There is no truth anymore. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their own version of God mm-hmm. in their own room, in their own mind, in their own pocket. Mm-hmm. And um, everybody does what they think is right. Mm-hmm. When you do not believe that there is objective truth out there, mm-hmm. and especially when you disregard Jesus, mm-hmm. uh you are going to be prey to your desires mm-hmm. and those desires are going to lead you to destruction. Yeah. And they're going to, that particular phenomenon is going to happen through your desires and through your perceptions. And you're going to think you're doing the right thing mm-hmm. and it's going to lead to, it's going to destroy well, you. Well, that's what we're being taught, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's what we're being taught. And yeah, so that, that yeah. I mean, again, that's why I think it's so good for yeah. us to, to go through just to see that example and that spiral. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Joey's, Joey's done a good job of when you see the card uh, for the sermon series, you'll see there's sort of like a king's chair sitting there with the word supremacy of self on there. And that is a great imagery to illustrate uh, as, you, as you look at that, that's sort of our cultural moment, uh, which again is not new. This is happening a long time ago. Uh, but as we walk through this, you'll see the supremacy of self, us sitting in authority on the king's chair, does not work out. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, Elizabeth. So how would you suggest our people prepare both on the whole, but then even week by week? How can they best position themselves to receive the Word of God and apply it to their own lives? And remember, we're, we're a corporate, we're a family, we're a body. Help each other apply. What would be some some things that you would say, this is the way would be helpful to prepare? You're their pastors. Mm-hmm. How do you encourage them to prepare for this sermon series? First off, if you've not read Vaughn Roberts' little book, God's Big Picture, I would encourage you to get that and read it. It is short. It is wonderfully helpful in terms of trying to understand how the Bible fits together and how it all points to Jesus. Um, so that's going to really help you through a difficult book like Judges. The second thing I would do is in keeping with that, Insofar as you can, try and just have a good appreciation of what has come before Judges. So just try to, those, those first six books. And if, if you just only chose to choose to read two, read Deuteronomy and Joshua. Why those two? Why Deuteronomy and Joshua? Deuteronomy is, is, is kind of, this is Moses. He's kind of his swan song. He's like, all right, I'm about to die. So you guys are going to go in the land. I'm not going with you. Here's what's going to happen. Here's some music. Just to accompany you and remind you how this is all going to fall apart, and then it ends. Yeah, and so it, it largely recaps the Genesis through that's right. that's uh, right. Numbers. That's yeah. right. That's right. It's a good recap, and then Joshua just gives you the the right uh, the it's the con- it's the immediate context of what it's like just before Judges. So that's going to really Judges is bad enough, but again, if you read those two books, it will really help you appreciate even more how awful this story is, so that you'll appreciate. Christ, the true king. So there's two, there's one suggestion, Nick, ways they can prepare you can think of. I mean, I would encourage people to, to read the chapters ahead of time mm-hmm. and meditate on them. And in particular, think about 
how the particular actions of the people uh, or of the characters there are or are not in, uh, according to God's word. Like take take like uh, let's not talk about the the bad guys. Let's talk about the the good guys. <laughs> how how is Gideon doing the right thing, and is that actually right or not? Mm-hmm. How is Samson is is Samson doing the right thing? Is he reacting well? Is he deal, being a good judge? Is he you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, I would also encourage uh, you know our our brothers and sisters to think about how God is acting in the entire story. So think about think about what is right and what is wrong in the context of the scriptures that especially what Nathan said you know the, the Deuteronomy and Joshua which is what they knew mm-hmm. yeah. uh, they they had written that this was the law and this is what you should how you should live and secondly think about what is God doing mm-hmm. how does God appear in this story yeah. what is He saying He's saying good things He's saying bad things Is He saying Is He silent yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, pick up on those things. You'll notice like the spirit is going to anoint people to do something. Like what what is God anointing? You'll notice he doesn't anoint them to necessarily go sleep around with other people, right? Like that he doesn't anoint them to do that. So that's good. Like look for what God's doing and then you can begin to draw some conclusions as to how that matches his character. Yeah. Amen. So yeah, so just it, every, when you get the sermon card, you you'll see on the back we have the the sermons laid out with the chapters that will be preached on a given Sunday, and we do that so that you all can can read those during the week and meditate and ask questions. What does this tell me about God? What does this tell me about humanity? What does this tell me about how God meets our need? All those types of things. And so, I would encourage you to do that. Uh, another thing is particularly with this book because we are a bit culturally more culturally moved is we're going to list a couple of commentaries that are that are more kind of popular level. And just if you have time and the desire, grab one of those commentaries and just read along with us, mm-hmm. uh, devotionally perhaps, and, and read along in those ways. And then uh, obviously I think community groups is another way to both prepare and to respond to the, the preaching of God's Word. So attend a community group, talk about it, be, you know, pray through it, help each other apply it to our lives that we might see in Savior Christ even through this book. Yeah, and one last one. Don't forget this. Hopefully you'll hear this every sermon that's preached. But make sure and talk about with your fellow brothers and sisters in the church and in your own meditations of Scripture, show how Christ is a good king and how living in accordance with him is the good life and how living in accordance with our own base desires apart from him is the opposite of the good life. So in other words, all I just said there was, when it says time and again, there was no king in Israel and everybody did what was right in his own eyes, be reminded that there is a king and doing what is right in his eyes is what's good. And try to think through and really grow an appreciation for Christ's commands as the way to the good life. Amen. Very good. Well, Restoration Church, we love you all. We praise God for the ways that you are eager to receive the preaching of God's Word and even singing of God's Word and praying it on Sundays. And so do take time to pray that God would use uh, the book of Judges to build us up, that we might continue to, to see and savor Christ together. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Restoration Church Life Podcast. May God continue to give us the grace to make disciples that delight in the supremacy of Jesus Christ in Washington, D.C. and beyond.